Welcome to First Love Online Church with Nyral and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Now prepare your heart as O.C. Burnett and Liz Barsu share a message on Absolute Surrender. Let's get into this. I'd like to, ooh, girl, I can't have her here. It's a whole problem because we could just worship all, we could just, we're going to do a worship morning. We're going to do a worship morning. I call it a worship morning. But this is my wonderful sister, friend does not even make, it doesn't even, it doesn't, we're family at this point. You know, she married an African, you know. And her husband, Pastor Sam, he's here with his beautiful boys. We've known each other. I stopped counting. A long time. <laughs> yes. She used to take care of my sons. We, we, we know when we, were, when we were first parents, we didn't trust anybody. Okay. But we trusted Liz. And um, she's, uh, she has such a heart of the father. And I started telling her what I was going to speak about this morning and she just started dropping and we were dropping i was like you gotta come let's just talk about it and um and so she's a worship leader she's done a lot of stuff and then she'll be annoyed if i say all of it because i'm the same way you know you don't know who's around you people you don't know that's why the bible says you you know you humble yourself so that god can exalt you and um, Liz has such a sweet, humble heart, and I love her dearly. And we're gonna, we're, we, and I know this topic is dear to her heart as well. And so I'm glad she's able to join me in talking about this because it's gonna bring. There's so many perspectives that she brought out, um, and we were just feeding off of each other. And so let's go into. I'm going to start with the scripture, and this is the book, Absolute Surrender. See, tiny book. It's so much, it's oh, so much. Um, I personally don't like um, reading my books on the iPad because I like to have the book where I can underline and write notes and stuff like that. And I think you should get the book as well. But it's called Absolute Surrender by Andrew Murray. And the scripture, I'm gonna, it's so interesting, the scripture that he chose to talk about this topic of absolute surrender because he was trying to relay a, a picture of what absolute surrender looks like. And it's not a scripture that you would think. So the scripture that he chose to relay absolute surrender is 1 Kings 20 verses 1 to 4. And those of you in First Love who have read the Bible and we've, we've done the 66 and 88, which is reading the Bible, um, uh, is saying that it keeps freezing and stopping. Somebody's saying it's freezing and stopping. So can we check online and make sure, um, the, um, first Kings 20 verses one to four says, and Ben Hadad, the King of Syria gathered all his hosts together and there were 30 and two kings with him and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, listen to what he said. My Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. So, I mean, talk about complete surrender. If you think of war, right? War, when, when you surrender and you put up your flag, you do that so there would be no more killing, your, or just the, so that the war can stop. And Ben-Hadad said here, 
Everything you have, everything you have is mine. So basically, just give up. Just surrender. And all he did, you know, the Bible says here, they warred against it. And he sent him a message. He sent him a message and said, everything that you have, your wives, your silver, your gold, your children, even the best of the best are mine. And King Ahab, and we know King Ahab was a very wicked king. Instead of seeking the Lord, like Hezekiah did, um, instead of seeking the Lord, like Hezekiah did, he said, my Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. That is an example mm -hmm. of surrender. It says here, this is what um, uh, Andrew Murray said. I'll read this and then we'll continue. What Ben-Hadad asked was absolute surrender. And what Ahab gave was what was asked of him. Absolute surrender. I want to use these words. My Lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. As the words of absolute surrender with which every child of God ought to yield himself to his father. So let's just start there. You know, I usually, I try to do um, like polling. And, and, you know, for those of you that are watching that are on firstlove.online.church, I want you to um, tell me when was the last time you've heard a message on absolute surrender or surrender? Just type it out and let me know when's the last time you heard that message. Because I believe that we've, we've lived in such a, and you know, Liz and I were talking about this, that we've lived in such a, you know, we've gone through phases in the body of Christ where we've had the word of faith, we've had all these different things come in, and we've, we, we were aware of who we are and all of that. And so there was a, there was a time where humanism crept in where humanism is all about self, 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 self-preservation. And what we call word of faith is really us preserving ourselves. And so we got into selfish mode. What I feel, you know, uh, Pastor Nara, we were talking about on Friday, John chapter 14, which will tie into this. But, you know, we, it, when it comes to love, you don't think about yourself. You don't think about how you feel in the room. Yeah. You think about what others are feeling in the room instead of you, what you feel, right? Mm -hmm. So absolute surrender when we were growing up was all we heard. You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. When you surrender, you think of a policeman, you put your hand up. Why do you put your hand up? It's so that the policeman won't shoot you because he thinks if you're reaching into your pocket and you're trying to explain something to him or you're trying to do something, it, it compromises your position. Mm -hmm. So when you raise your hands up, you're saying, I surrender. Don't shoot. I'm no longer in charge. You are the authority. I surrender. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that is what God is requiring of us. Total, total, complete, full surrender. Yeah. And so I've written so many notes. Um, that we can um, grapple with. Um, here, surrender, let's define what surrender looks like because these days, everybody has different, I was looking up dictionaries, guys. There's so many dictionaries. Yeah. And everybody's coming up with their own definition. Like, all of a sudden, woman does not mean woman. It's ridiculous. So I cannot assume that you know what the word surrender means. So let's talk about what surrender. Surrender, what does this mean in a biblical sense, okay? I looked up the secular, which, you know, a lot of them, depending on the words, they'll do Latin or French or whatever. Um, but it says to give over to, to yield to the power of another, to the power of another, to give or deliver up possession of, Anything upon compulsion 
or demand to surrender one's person to an enemy or to an officer to give up possession of to yield to resign as to surrender a right privilege or advantage to yield to any influence emotion or passion or power used reflexively as to surrender oneself to grief, to despair, to indolence, or to sleep, to yield, to render, to deliver up, to give up, to give up oneself to the power of another, to yield as the enemy, as the enemy seeing no way of escape, surrendered at the first summons, the act of surrendering, the act of yielding or resigning one's person or the possession of something into the power of another as the surrender of a castle to an enemy, the surrender of a right. And then I started writing down the words that have to deal with surrender. Submit, give over. You know, we hate the word submit, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, marriage, everything. We're just like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I want to submit to him. I just, it doesn't make sense. And the Bible says we're supposed to submit to one another. Yeah. Give up, give over, yield, relinquish, resign, abandon, wave, lay down. You know, you know, remember I, I talked about the police when you're, when you're dealing with the police, you know, they, they immediately they'll tell them lay down on the floor, lay down on the floor. Because in, in a position of laying down, there's not much you can do. Okay? Commit and trust. Turn in. Hand over. And then what is the opposite of submitting and surrender? It's rebellion. It's rebellion. Rebellion, the words for rebellion is, is false surrender. <laughs> First Corinthians 13, 3. Uh, Romans 6.13, and we'll read these, Romans 6.16. Ke the words for rebellion, it means to keep, to retain, to withhold, mm -hmm. to resist, to fight, to contend, to oppose, to defy. Mm -hmm. And that is the dynamic that we're dealing with in the church where people want Jesus and, I remember Somebody, and it, it thought it was funny at the time, but it's, God didn't think it was funny. Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres was talking to a lady um, that called her to tell her about her set. <laughs> she left a message for her and said, listen, you need to move this flower. It's annoying. Like she's, the, she's in charge of the set. Just a random lady left her message. That was funny. Because, <laughs> you know, people will do that to you. She said, listen. I'm gonna need you to move that plant because it makes your head look big. She literally called the studio and told Helen DeGeneres, as an older woman, so you know, they have no filter. <laughs> and so she said, move your head, you know, move the plant. And so Ellen called her live and she said, and she she just picked up where she left off. She didn't care she was alive. She said, Yeah, listen, I'm glad you called me. You need to move that plant. <laughs> I was like, such boldness and then she said then she proceeded to say you know I guess I don't know what she was talking about but she said listen Ellen I love Jesus but I drink a little and everybody just got a kick out of that mm. and I'm like isn't that what we say now this new thing Jesus and therapy mm -hmm. Jesus and this mm -hmm. Jesus and this Jesus and drinking mm -hmm. Jesus and and so it's it's our self. It's our self that's riled up and we want what we want, but we want Jesus too. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can't, that's not what absolute surrender is. In anything that we spoke of, yeah. it does not even look like surrender. You know, um, and 1 Samuel 5, 15, 24 talks about rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Oh, shoot. Wow, I just realized something. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the Lord, the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee as king. The, by, the reason why is because um, King Saul feared the people more than he feared God. 
when you fear people and what people think or what people say more than you fear the Lord, you compromise your surrender. So I want us to talk. There's so much we could talk about. Um, so one of the things is that I want to bring out is the fact that God works surrender in you. That's what one of the things Andrew Murray talks about. Surrender is not something where you have to conjure it up yourself because your flesh does not want to do it. The Holy Spirit is the one that works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. Yeah. So I love the fact that he emphasizes that, listen, this is not a work of the flesh. Yeah. The work of your flesh cannot comprehend or it cannot it doesn't have the capacity to do this and so we talk about the holy spirit and we a lot of times we talk about the holy spirit with goosebumps and all of that but we really don't understand the ministry of the holy spirit and what he does for us he's the one that helps us to live out the fruit of the spirit amen you understand Yes. yes so You can't do this on your own. Nothing, nothing in King Christendom, nothing in Christianity is, has to do with your flesh. Okay. Your flesh has to come under subjection to your spirit, which is under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that's the way that you live this out. So let's talk about what that looks like. That God is the one working the yes. surrender in you. Absolutely. It's not something that we can, like you said, conjure up on our own or just work hard, work hard enough to make it happen. Uh, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And the yeah. thing is, is that he desires to form and fashion our hearts after his good pleasure. And so if our hearts are humble before him and we desire to live for him and serve him, he will work this in you yeah. eventually, right? And so this is a part of the process of consecration and giving our lives over to him. And he is faithful to do it. I think um, one of the, the biggest ways that we can... Uh, that we learn surrender is that surrender is not an act of duty. I think that's a fleshly that's so thing, good. right? So uh, by duty, I do this. And I think yeah. a lot of times we approach our Christian life in that way, right? That's so um, I, I have to spend time with him. Okay, that's uh-huh. my duty. I have uh-huh. to worship him. I have to pray. I have to be nice to people. I have to walk in love. Um, and I have to surrender, right? So it's all considered this duty when actually surrender can only come as an act of love. And so yeah. we have to, like you were talking about, like you guys were discussing in your fellowship about how the supremacy of love, how important love is amongst one another, but how about our love toward him, right? What does he desire? What does he long for? And when we think of all that he's given up for us, all that he's given to us, how can I not respond with that same amount of affection and love and surrender to him? And so it becomes a question of, I, I, I would gladly and willingly lay down my life for him out of love for him because I've received his love, great love for me. So the, the surrender can't really come unless I understand love and that's that bridal love. You, know? you, you, you went way ahead of me, <laughs> <laughs> but you cannot skip yeah. that, right? Yeah. Because, you know, and what he brought out in the book was the fruit. The first thing when it talked about the fruit of the spirit yeah. is love. He kept emphasizing, emphasizing the fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit is love. And everything builds from that. And I think a lot of people have given their lives to Jesus Christ based on emotion. And we're not explained the cost. Yes. Yes. When you have an altar call, the altar call is always about how you're feeling. Yes. (laughs) It's about how you're feeling. Yes. You know, you're feeling bad about your sin, so come to the altar. Mm-hmm. You feel bad about what you did. And it's way beyond that. And when, when you surrender your life, when we say, when you come to this altar, you are giving up your rights. Yes, yes. You're giving, you know, we can easily enlist in an army, an American army, and sign away our rights. Mm. You're no longer a regular citizen mm-hmm. when you enlist in the army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same. There's no different for the kingdom. Yeah. The kingdom does not operate in a democracy. Yeah. Yes, come on. That's good. Yes. You know, we have this democracy thing that we can pick and choose what I, what I want. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, we can pick and choose how we view things, how we, and it's gotten worse mm-hmm. because we've had preachers tell us these things that were not biblical. And so our, uh, what I've noticed is in my travels is that the foundation is not built on a solid rock. No. Remember when Jesus was saying that it's like a house that was built on sand, mm-hmm. the house was built but so many people have washed away his shore. Go yes. ahead. No, that's so true. And we don't build our foundation rightly. And then when difficulties and challenges come, you know, obviously like the, like the parable was, or shared, what Jesus talked about is like the house built on sand. When the storms of life came, it washed it away. It didn't have a firm foundation. And so much of the foundation that's been built over decades has been, like you said, this, this um, foundation on self. Um, you get this from him. You, all these things that we get, get from um, praying this prayer, mm-hmm. right, of salvation, and now you, your life is going to be good, and all this kind of stuff, and it's kind of uh, portrayed that way. And then when people go through storms oh. and challenges in life, so many of them, like you were just saying, they kind of get washed away, and many people turn their back on him. Oh, I thought if when I pray this prayer, everything is just going to be great and good. And actually, again, going back to surrender, when we understand the concept of surrender, we actually enter into the life of Christ. And the life of Christ, he showed us the way, right? He showed us that... It, if we follow his example, we understand that through his example, we will go through rejection, we will go through suffering, we'll go through pain, but we have him with us. He's yes. promised to be with us in it. And that's the beauty of surrender. When I surrender to him, I'm not doing it all alone. This life has never been promised to be perfect. No. We will have trials and we will have tribulation. I would much rather have the one who knows me more than anyone else, mm-hmm. the one who created and formed me. I'd much rather have, be in him hidden like a ship in a storm yes. in him than to go try to figure it all out on my own. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, um, like I said, there's so many places that we could go. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is what does surrender mean? And I, I like, I always like to bring, be very practical because a lot of times we, it seems like when we talk about surrender, people are like, okay, great. What does that mean? What, is it? what does that look like mm-hmm. in my everyday, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm bringing up, so let's just bring up, for example, and this is stuff that's not talked about. Um, in our walk as Christians, that our, what we do every day affects our fellow man, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, how we look, how we sound, all of that. So for example, clothes, what you wear. When you come into the kingdom, right? Your your propensity to just wanna buy whatever you want mm-hmm. in the when you were in the dark kingdom, when you were outside of God, you just did whatever you want. You did your hair whatever you want, you did whatever, you did whatever, you did whatever, you watched whatever, you did whatever. When you come into the kingdom, scriptures all over said, now you no longer live for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You no longer. So now when I put something on before I walk out the door, I have to say, am I representing Jesus Christ? Right? Yeah. Am I? Am I going to be a stumbling block to my brother? Because Jesus in his word, it says, your freedom can cause me to stumble. So you might be free to drink that wine because you don't feel any conviction. But the Bible says if your freedom causes somebody else to fall, then you're supposed to lay that down. That's surrender. You may personally feel like this dress is not too low. Your leaders tell you that's too low. That's too tight. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes to you and say, hey, that's really not befitting of a young Christian man or a young Christian woman or a woman or a man, whatever. You cannot now have an attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, I don't see that. I personally don't have that conviction. So since I don't have that conviction, I'm okay. Right. That's not how the kingdom works. Yeah. Yeah. You don't live for yourself anymore. You don't dress for yourself anymore. 
The Bible in Galatians says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ had made you free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. 5.13, Galatians 5.13 says, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty, but only do not use liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your liberty, your freedom to do whatever you want to do. But by love, look at that. It says by love, serve one another, serve one another. So how do I love serve you by love? Meaning I don't dress. I don't, I don't treat how I used to do in the world. I don't talk to you how I used to talk to other people in the world. I now, everything that I do is based on love. So it's through love I get up and I get dressed. And now I'm thinking about what message am I sending? You know, we teach Lydia and we taught the boys that you are a Burnett and you represent Burnett. Mm -hmm. And so this is what the Burnets do. That's what they used to do back then. They would say, this is how, this is how you represent the family. This is, what, this is how we are. This is who we are. We stand for righteousness. And so it's the same thing in the kingdom. You now represent Jesus with everything you do. Yeah. That's absolute surrender. Yeah. When you, and we are part of a kingdom, yeah. not a constitutional republic. Yes. People, yeah. we are not Republicans and Democrats yeah. in the kingdom. Yeah. We are citizens yes. of the king if you and he could have used any other word he could have used president he could have used prime minister and all of those have different meanings yeah. if we know anything about the word of god that the word of god is very very specific when god says something he's saying it for a purpose yeah. so when he uses the word king you have to now study what does a king and his kingdom look like with kingdoms, you you don't have a say. Yeah. <laughs> you just do what the king says. Mm -hmm. You know, when the queen, when Nigeria and other countries, Caribbean countries, uh, in, and I've heard, I've heard Miles Monroe speak about this, like in, in Bahamas, when the queen was having tea, guess who's having tea? Everybody else in the island's having tea. <laughs> yeah. It's tea time. And they ate what the queen ate. They did what the queen did. So young adults and those of you that have been presented this gospel, if you are 40 and under, when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to a king. And the king dictates every aspect of your life, how you dress, how you behave at work, mm -hmm. how you behave in relationships, mm -hmm. how you view each other, all of that comes from the king. Yeah. And the Bible says our faith works by love. So instead of getting into duty, like Liz was talking about, we do it based on love. We do it based on love, not based on Oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is what the Lord's saying mm -hmm. to me. This is mm -hmm. what, 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 what does faith, faith works by love. Yeah. And so that part of it, you is not emphasized in church anymore. We've, we, we have Ted talks. <laughs> yeah. We have Ted talks now. We don't even do scripture. We have Ted talks. Yeah. And so, Romans 6:13 says, "And do not go do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those members as instruments of righteousness to God." Verse 16 says, "Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death yeah. or of obedience resulting in righteousness. Yeah. 
It's talking about slaves. It's talking about ownership. The Bible says we are now slaves of righteousness. That's absolute surrender. Yes. It's absolute surrender. Absolute surrender. And this is what we're talking about, is that your life is no longer your own. So whoever you're slave to is who you obey. If you're slave to yourself, you obey yourself. Yourself says, I want to have sex before marriage. You're slave to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're slaves to yourself. You're not slaves to righteousness or obedience. So you cannot, you cannot say that if you're a Christian, you have what you can pick and choose not to do. Mm-hmm. Not to do. Um, okay, so the next thing, it says, he accepts your surrender. So I love this part because, you know, we, we always try to measure ourselves based on, well, I don't have, let me read that in the book, what he said in the book. Because he, he deals with, people where people are so um it says oh man it's so good i want to read god accepts your surrender he says god works it in the secrets of our heart god urges us by the hidden power of his holy spirit to come and speak it out and we have to bring and to yield to him that absolute surrender but remember when you come and bring god that absolute surrender it may as far as your feelings or your consciousness go be a thing of great imperfection And you may doubt and hesitate and say, is it absolute? But oh, remember there was once a man to whom Christ had said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. And his heart was afraid and cried out, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That was a faith that triumphed over the devil. And the evil spirit was cast out. And if you come and say, Lord, I yield myself in absolute surrender to my God, even though it be with a trembling heart and with the consciousness, I do not feel, quote unquote, the power. I do not feel the determination. I do not feel the assurance. Although you feel all of that, it will succeed. Be not afraid. But come just as you are. And even in the midst of your trembling, the power of the Holy Ghost will work. So, again, he's the one that does. you want to elaborate on what I just said? So many good things to say. I know, I know. Yeah, I I like what you were just, the last thing you said, willing heart. Yes. That's really just all he is wanting is a willing heart. It's very simple. We don't have to make it so complex. That's so good. I so many times have questioned, oh, is this authentic what I'm doing or what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But, you know, prayer, you you mentioned this yesterday in in Psalms. David prayed, search me, O God. Yes. Test me and try me. Know my every thought. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's yes. a constant prayer I pray as well. Yes. God, you, you're the only one who really knows me. Yes. I don't even know the deepest part of me, but you do. And so search me and, he, and, and trust that he's faithful to reveal what needs to be revealed when it needs to be revealed. But he works with a willing heart. You know, it's something I was thinking about when you, we, we talked about love. But really love is self-sacrifice. Yeah. I sacrifice myself. I lay myself down. And so much of, of what we hear today is pumping up of self. You mentioned mm-hmm. TED Talks. It's really self-help and how can I help myself? And mm. the kingdom is totally different. It's laying down self to take on another, mm. to take on Christ. And uh, again, that, that takes us back to surrender. Yeah. Another, may I share a pra- Gosh, per- personal practical, we talk about practical yeah. surrender. Uh, I, I think practically it boils down to how we are in relationships as well, how we treat one another. Yeah. I remember there was a time uh, in my life where I experienced a very, very difficult personality, a difficult person. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to like to be like to have a lot of peace by nature. So mm-hmm. I wasn't 
used to that. Mm-hmm. So there's someone who had, had like severe conflict with me and had reasons why she she didn't like me and I didn't know all the reasons why, but she just did. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm in college at the time. I'm in my 20s, and we're going on a ministry trip. I was on a, t- a team with her where we're ministering mm-hmm. in another country, and I um, myself had my own contentions. To be quite honest with her, and I felt very justified to be mad at her and to, to, to hold offense against her because we're doing ministry and we're getting ready and preparing and she disappears. She doesn't come to our t- a team meetings. She's not there to practice. She's not there to pray. She disappears for two weeks, I think it was. No one knew where she was and she didn't put in the time you mm-hmm. know, to, to pre- be prepared for ministry. And so I felt this is wrong. You know, I sat on this judgment <laughs> throne and this is wrong and I had a reason to not want to engage with her. She had other reasons why she was upset with me. Long story short, we traveled to another country and um, our leaders at the time decided to put us in the same uh, home. We, we were billeted out, you know, we stay in homes. And they put us in the same home, me and this precious uh, sister. And uh, I couldn't stay. I was so upset. This leader friend of mine was my dear, a good friend of mine, like my mm-hmm. best friend. What are you thinking? This girl hates me. She, can't, she looks at me really with eyes like ice. This is how I felt. And I, I, she hates me. How can I sit and sit? And I had my own. See, I didn't even really see myself right, right, at the time. Right. I had my own issues inside. Again, felt righteously justified in my issues. Anyways, we go to this house and, and uh, I was talking to the Lord. I'm like, God, I, I can, how can I even minister with this kind of thing in me? And, and our leader said to, if, get, if this doesn't get resolved, you guys aren't going to be a part of ministry. So I'm like, okay, Lord, well, what should I do? And so I remember praying, and I prayed. I, all I could do was pray in the spirit, and prayed for several hours at night, um, pacing back and forth, praying, 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 until I finally felt a lifting, and I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning, and I was going to go for a run, and I felt the Lord tell me, "Ask so and so to to go with you." I am not going. I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> she looks at me. I feel like this big. I don't want to talk. Okay, and so I asked her to do this. Ask her to go for a run with you. I said, okay, fine, Lord. I was in the restroom. I said, okay, if I walk out of here and she was sleeping at the time, if I walk out of here and she's awake, I'll, I'll ask her. <laughs> okay. So I walk out and right as I walk out, she sits up. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> surrender, right? I, I had, I had to surrender my will. There was a part of me that was so focused on self and I had put myself up on this pedestal. Like I have a right to to, to not walk in love toward her. And, but the Lord was dealing with me and surrender and how I treated a sister in Christ. I had a fence against her and this is, was not his best, right? His will. And so I obeyed and I said, this is, a, this is where we, the practical side of surrender, right? I obey what he asks you to do, even when it hurts. Yeah. Even when, even oh. when you might, I may have been rejected further. I may yes. have gotten hurt more, yeah. Yeah. but I had to surrender. I had to obey. I had to trust all, so many things we can go in there, but I trust him enough to know that he knows what he's doing. So I, okay, fine. So I asked her, so-and-so, will you run with me? She said, sure. Okay, here we go. So we're running. And I told her, don't mind me. Sometimes when I run, I pray. So I start pr- I'm praying in the spirit while I run. And the Lord tell, I feel the Lord tell me, hold her hand. I'm like, Lord, we're running in public. What do you mean? So I said, so and so, can I have your hand? Can I have your hand? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So we were, then we slow down and we're walking. And I, as the Lord just led me by this Holy, Holy Spirit, I said to her, I said her name. I said, would you please forgive me for the things that I've done to you to hurt you and to cause you to feel the way you feel toward me? Will you please forgive me? And I began to go through this. And all, every wall that was on her just began Gone. to break was gone and she repented as well and asked to ask me for forgiveness we became dear friends after that moment but it didn't and i'm not saying anything great about myself at right, all, right right but i'm saying that sometimes the, the lord leads us yeah and we have to surrender our will my yes, will felt yes. very righteously justified yeah uh-huh. you know and sometimes we can mm, hold that up and and we're actually holding up a fence yeah and he never asked us to take it on and so as i learned a big lesson that day i was like oh I better not, I can't take these things on and, and sit so on this throne good. of judgment above him so and good. say, I have a right for this. No, I don't have a right for this. Yes. He asked me to lay that down yes. and to love. And when I loved, I gained his love in a greater way and I, and I gained the love of a sister because I laid down my will in something that, you know, and surrendered to him. So That is so good. Yeah. That is a massive, ex- that is, yeah. so, and notice that God never once brought up what she did to her. 
God would never, de- you know, we always want God to bring up what the person, other person yes. is doing. You have to ask him, you know what? I always say the 90% that's wrong that somebody did to you, don't focus on the 90%. Yeah. Focus on the 10% that's right. Yeah. And then you keep that focus and say, what am I yeah. doing? And that way you can't, you, you don't self-justify. If you justify yourself, God doesn't justify you. He will not defend you when you defend yourself. So you may say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know what I did wrong. But if you focus Mm -hmm. and say, Lord, show me where I could have done better in this. Show me where I could have done better in that. Mm -hmm. And you allow your heart to be pliable in simple things. I call these simple things. Mm It's simple ways like this. I'm telling you, people always ask me, what's the secret of what I do? I take care of my stuff in my prayer closet. Because God knows I'm the type, I'm opposite you. If there's an issue, I like to deal with it right (laughs) then and there. I'm like, let's go. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like stuff being in the air. But the only time, and you know how many times God tells me, nope, don't deal with it. And so when he tells me don't deal with it right there, that's where I have to say, okay, I'm going to release this. That's surrender. Yeah. I'm not going to keep it. Yeah. I, if, if I can't deal with it right then and there, I have to deal with my heart right then and there and then let it go. Mm-hmm. And say, God, whenever you want to deal with it, you deal with it. But I cannot stay in that state and then be able to minister or talk to God. Just forget about ministry because a lot of times we do things because we we're ministering. We want to get it together. We know we sinned, so we want to get it together. So we ask for forgiveness real quick because we know for ministry. Come on. And he talks about that into here too. It's not about your work, the work. Yes. Absolute surrender is not about the work. Amen. It's about intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so, Okay, moving on. Um, It says, um, I was, it says, God maintains your surrender. Philippians 2.13. This is a major scripture you should always write in your Bible. Underline in your Bible because, and just meditate on it. Because it says, for it is God who is at work. It is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Thank you, Lord. It is God. It's not you. Yeah. It is God. Mm-hmm. It is God. It's not you. It's God. So you have to meditate on that mm-hmm. and study that and say, what does that look like? It's not me. It's not me trying to do. It is God mm-hmm. who is at work Amen. in you, both to will and to do and to work for his good pleasure. You know, and he talked about George Mueller is one of my favorite people on earth, on earth. I'm trying to be like George Mueller. I can't even, I haven't even touched him. You hear me? But the two things they asked him, he said he asked George Mueller when he was 90. And he said, how do you maintain your relationship? And George Mueller said, number one, I maintain a good conscience before God day by day. And number two, I'm a lover of God's word. Wow. I'm a love God, lover of God's word. So Andrew Murray said you have to. So in order to to maintain this absolute surrender, number one, a good conscience is complete obedience to God day by day. Number one. Number two, fellowship with God every day with his word. And then number three, prayer. Yeah. So. I love, I was staying with someone today, someone last week. I'm not going to say her name, but she's in this room. Anyway, I was staying with her this week, and every morning, the first thing she brought out was her word. And she spent time with the Lord in prayer. And the atmosphere, it was so peaceful in her house that I didn't want to go to a hotel. I usually run to a hotel. (laughs) Because I like my peace and quiet when I have to minister and stuff like that. But the presence of the Lord was so strong there and it was so peaceful. 
And and I, I remember when I was like that with no kids and no husband. <laughs> That's why I tell single people, enjoy your singleness. Enjoy. The first thing you should do is grab your Bible, go to your backyard, spend time with him, talk to him. Those are precious, precious moments that will keep you so that when you get married and you have kids, you don't feel like you're shucking your responsibility. You've already, it's inbred in you. And now as a wife and as a mother, I talk to God all the time. It's not just a pre, and of course there are preset times where you pray. Of course. But in those times when you can't, you're in just walking. You're just walking in it. That's who you are. You're it. That's it, you know? And so, um, so gosh, there's so much. I and listen, there's so much to deal with with this. We can't complete it today. Um, we're just giving you little tidbits and hopefully we can do because Pastor Narrow is restarting our podcast, Winning the Church to Christ. And it will probably be more First Love Online Church with the podcast and all of that so that we can really talk and dissect, you know, um, and really delve deep into things like this. You know, I went to go minister last week and I just, my heart broke because people are no longer surrendered. They don't want it. They don't want this surrender this death to self they don't want it and so we're dealing with a situation where people are they're no longer they don't want this type of um, commitment to God mm-hmm. because it costs you it thank you Lord the scripture with the rich man remember yes. When Jesus loved, he said, loved him and said, give up all your money. Yes. And he walked away sad because he had a lot. And that's how Jesus is looking like at many of us. And he's walking away sad because we don't want to give up. We don't want to give up who we are. Mm -hmm. We don't want to give up who we are. We want to justify who we are. Yeah. And, and in the kingdom, it's all about dying to self. Yeah. Um, it says, absolute surrender to work what God wants you to do, to let God work what he wants to do in you. That means to give up yourself absolutely to the will of God. And so the repentance that we have to have is repentance for self-will, self-confidence, and self-effort. Self, self. Notice, do you know Satanism? You know, do, anybody knows what Satanism's motto is? Huh? Do I, yeah. Th- that doesn't sound like any big deal, right? I mean, think about it. Wow. Do as thou wilt. I mean, what's the big deal? But that's the theme of self. Do as thou wilt. That is the antithesis to surrender. It's the antithesis to surrender. It's the opposite. We think Satanism is about, you know, witchcraft and curses and stuff. No, it's about self. Everything that's around us is all about what makes yourself feel good. Denying self, I wrote denying self, denying self, denying self must be the power of your life every moment. Andrew Maury said, when was Peter delivered? When was change accomplished? This was when Peter wept over his state. Hmm. And so this, the other, I might have to, we'll have to stop. There's so many, oh, we'll have to talk about this before we stop. But Hmm. (laughs) when we have prayer on Tuesdays and we talk about repentance, it's too many dry eyes. It's not wringing your hands and saying, Lord, man, I, I watched this. I was wrong. Lord, forget. No. It's literally seeing your state and crying over it. Mm-hmm. And literally asking God. You know, and it talks about 
the man, remember the the publican and the uh, tax, is it the tax collector? The Republican, mm -hmm. I say Republican, the mm -hmm. publican and the tax collector. And the publican said, I am glad that I'm not like him. Mm -hmm. I pay my tithe. I do this. I do this. And the tax, the tax collector, who back then were like the lowest of the low, smote, the Bible says he smote his breast and covers his face and said, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I'm telling you, we're giving you secrets of how God has kept us. God has kept us because we were completely absolute surrender to him. Yeah. Not that we're perfect. We just know how to go into our prayer closet and absolutely surrender everything to him. Everything. When he deals with our hearts, when he deals with our frustrations and things that irritate us and all of that. I take it to the closet. If I'm irritated, mm -hmm. I go straight. I'm like, Lord, mm -hmm. I know you, you don't like this. Mm -hmm. So I need you to deal yes. with me. Yes. I know you're not, I don't, I don't like this either. And I know I'm dealing this, dealing with this because I don't want anything between me and you. Amen. I don't want anything between me and you. Amen. So if you tell me to give up my right to be right. Okay. I give up my right to be right. Yeah. And so the final thing I want us to talk about is what he emphasized here. The fruit of the spirit is love. Mm. Whew. This is so good, isn't it? Mm, very good. And it talks about here, he says, love is God's gift. Um, and mankind needs love and you see in my notes, you see, I'm, I, we haven't even touched everything, but he kept emphasizing in this, the fruit of the spirit is love. When he gives the Holy spirit, it's for the formation of holy character. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have the fruit of the spirit. So we always talk about the Holy spirit moving upon us, touching us, you know, when we sing, when we minister, mm -hmm. right. When you preach and mm -hmm. everybody's always mm -hmm. attracted to the power, the power. Yeah. But they're not attracted to the, where the Holy spirit forms, holy character in us. Mm -hmm. Um, it says, under the Old Testament, you know the Holy Spirit often came upon men as divine spirit of revelation to reveal the mysteries of God or for power to do the work of God. But he did not then dwell in them. Now, many just want the Old Testament gift of power for work, but know very little of the New Testament gift of the indwelling spirit, mm. animating and renewing the whole life. When God gives the Holy Spirit, his great object is the formation of a holy character. It is a gift of a holy mind and spiritual disposition. And what we need above everything else is to say, I must have the Holy Spirit sanctifying my whole inner life if I am really to live for God's glory. Amen. So you might say that when Christ promised the spirit to the disciples, he did so that they might have power to be witnesses. True. But then they received the Holy Ghost in such heavenly power and reality that he took possession of their whole being at once. And so filled them as holy men for doing the work with power as they had to do it. Christ spoke of power to the disciples, but it was the spirit filling their whole being that worked the power. I wish now to dwell upon the passage found in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the spirit is love. We read that, that love is the fulfilling of the law. And my desire is to speak on love as a fruit of the spirit with a twofold ob object. One is that the word, this word may be a searchlight in our hearts and give us a test by which to try all of our thoughts about the Holy spirit and all our experience of the holy life let us try ourselves by this word has this been our daily habit to seek the being filled with the holy spirit as the spirit of love mic drop so pastor narrow always talks about this that the infilling of the spirit we 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 always relegate it to tongues yeah. and experience 
But here it's talking about have we sought the Holy Spirit as the spirit of love? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Has it been our experience that the more we have of the Holy Spirit, the more loving we become? So, can we just park right there and then we're done? Because I don't want to, I feel like I'm punching. (laughs) It's like, so, the mark of the Holy Spirit on your life, is it based on love? Not how you prophesy, not your exercising your spiritual gifts or preaching the gospel or doing this or doing that, the work, the mark, the Bible says, and we, when we were in Bible school, they taught us the law of first mention. The fruit of the spirit is love. That's the first thing that's mentioned hmm. as the fruit of the spirit. It's the principal thing. It's the, prince, it's the first thing. Yeah. Our faith works by love. Everything we did, Jesus healed based on love. Yeah. Through the, through the um, lenses of compassion. Mm-hmm. So everything we do when you're operating the keyboard or you're operating you know, the, the camera or you're making food for the merchant or you come in and you're cleaning our kitchen after we've had church, mm-hmm. It's supposed to be based on love. It's love that compels me to wake up early, to get ready to preach. It's not just the Holy Spirit working in me to perform and declare. It's love because I love him so much and I want his people to surrender. I want his people to know that being a Christian means to be surrendered. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, I study, I pray, I seek the Lord, I deal with my heart so that because I love him first. Yes. And so loving him causes me to love you. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. Everything we do is based on love, not on duty. I got to get up. Yeah. I got to get up and come to church Friday. I got to come to church Tuesday. Yeah. Everything you see, and people, people, you know, when people look at our lives, and I was, I was talking about jealousy and, and the fact that people look at our lives and feel like, you know, this great thing. That's, they don't understand that this is just based on death, death to ourselves. We just said yes. We said yes, yes a yes. long time ago. Uncle Naro, Pastor Naro, and I said yes yeah. when we were 15 years old. Yes. And we meant that yes. We meant it. We meant it. We meant it in the midst of all. We just said, yes, we said, this is it. There is no plan B. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is who we are. And when you say yes, everything flows from that. Everything's full. It'll cause you to allow yourself to be slapped and maligned by people that you've loved all the years. It'll cause you to be accused, all that stuff. You, You don't think about that because you just chose absolute surrender. Yeah. Uh, if you, for those of you, the young adults, that's always asking me, auntie, how do you, why do you, how do you do this? It, it's absolute surrender. Amen. I don't know anything else except Jesus and him crucified. I have chosen him. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. There's no Jesus and. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? That's so good. <laughs> Can I read yes. Paul's words? Because I think... So many people in the word we can we can study it on this topic, mm-hmm. but Paul is one who was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, Paul is one who could, you could argue, could you know, uh, hang his hat on a lot of accolades and praise of man yes. and all these things, oh, right? Yes. But he says in in Philippians, he talks about him being one who could, you know, I, I could say I was this and I'm born to this tribe and I have this training and all, 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 all these things. But he says this, whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things, all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, I think when I think of that, I think of surrender as well. Like yeah. to, to lay down all the things that you've gained. Yeah. For what value? 
to know Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things <laughs> and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived yeah. from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him. Hallelujah. He goes back to it again. I want to know him yes. and the power of his resurrection. Yes, there's the power side, but then he goes further and says, and the fellowship of his sufferings yes. being conformed to his death. Yes. Uh, that is so, there's, that's, uh, that's so deep. Yes. <laughs> you know? I want to live that life too. That's what is that? Am I willing to lay down all the things? Uh, like you were saying, people ask you, how do you live this life? You know, they always, oh, they're doing, you're doing all these things. All of that's loss. Loss. Laid down because we want to just take on Christ. We want to know him, not just in the power and all the big things he did, but in the fellowship of his sufferings, that means that I will incur, like you said, the slander of people. Yes. The, 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 the things that people do against me that, are, that hurt. Christ experienced it. Yes. He actually invites us into fellowship with yes. it. Yes. That's deep. Yes. I'm not just, you know what, if you're in pain and I love you, and you come to me and you say, this is happening. And, and because I love you, I actually join into fellowship in it with you. Yes. And I feel it with you. Yes. Oh, I understand. And I go deep with it. Not just I hear it in my mind. Oh, that must be hard. Okay. Yeah. Then go about my life. No, love fellowships in pain. Love fellowships in joy. Yeah. Love fellowships in sorrow. Fellowships in all of it. That's deep love. Yes. And that's what he's inviting us into. Yes. What an invitation. Yes. So surrender, again, is not duty. No. Surrender is not, okay, I better plod through this. Surrender is, that is, is, is willed by the Spirit. It's yes. given to us by the yes. work of the Spirit. Yes. And it's an invitation to really love Jesus yes. and to really fellowship with him through highs, through the power, through the lows, through the suffering. It's beautiful. It's actually. beautiful. Yeah, surrender is beautiful. So, we sung Knowing You. Mm. You know that, Sam? Knowing You. Knowing yeah. You. You know how to play it in keys? Yeah. yeah. I think we should end with that song again. Amen. I grew up with the song, and the song actually, you know, I worked in a Christian bookstore. And um, when this song came out, um, <laughs> Uh, it was for Promise Keepers. Graham Kendrick yeah, wrote it. Yes. And um, I guess somebody else, somebody was telling me somebody else sung it. Um, and uh, so I remember the, all the men would come into the store and say, do you, do you have this song? And they were, I, I didn't. I never heard it until they started coming in, and we researched what song they were talking about, and it was "Knowing You." And I was like, "Okay, what's this big deal?" And then I started listening to it, and seeing hundreds of thousands of men singing, yeah. "Knowing You, Jesus." <laughs> there is no greater no thing. Greater thing. Yeah. There is no greater thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. There's no greater thing than knowing Jesus. Yes. And we don't know him because he's going to give us a car or a house. Amen. I don't know what we've, you've been told. I don't know what you've been told about knowing Jesus. But... A lot of you have been sold a bill of goods that has nothing to do with the Christian walk. And all it is, is what Paul said. Yeah. It's knowing Jesus and him crucified. Yeah. That's all it's about. And we are praying and hoping that you understand that the life of a Christian it's not based on what God can do for you. Amen. It's based on what you laid down yeah. for him. Yeah. And it's not based on work. It's based on your heart. Yeah. It's based on your heart. Yeah. 
So we're going to sing this song to end, and I pray for those of you that thought you knew Jesus, but you didn't know about the absolute surrender part. When you say yes to the king, like Ben-Hadad requested of King Ahab, a wicked king, said, all that you have is now mine. God, the good king, the greatest king of all, the king of love says, all that you have is now mine. Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love.